This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Welcome to this week's Farm Talk. I'm Barry O'Mahony. On the program, we continue our weekly look at the world of agriculture and food. Farming organisations have been reacting to the latest figures on the COVID-19 situation in meat plants. There's also a comment on the tele-meetings with the EU Agriculture Commissioner this week over the CAP budget. Our weekly Tagusk advisory is with Oisín Coakley in Cork West, where we discuss the Agricultural Catchments Programme to investigate the impact of agriculture on water quality. Dairy Gold's tillage and beef business manager Liam Leahill will join us, who will discuss the main tillage harvest season and how the crops are doing. Later, we also look at a series of online courses and webinars, including a sector-specific COVID-19 return-to-work course being offered by UCC. Also, Farm Talk's John O'Connor looks at stories making the agri-news this week. Farm Talk on C103. The spread of COVID-19 in meat processing plants is being handled a lot better now, according to ICSA. There were concerns only 40% of close contacts of workers have been contacted or tested for the disease. There's been a further 123 cases of COVID-19 within the meat facilities in the past week, bringing the total to 1,048. 200 officials are to be reassigned from the HSE to the Health and Safety Authority to inspect workplaces following the backlash over the lack of inspections in meat factories. 19 clusters had been identified in the factories and over 2,300 workers tested. Irish Farmers Journal reports that just seven factories have had all employees tested by the HSE. Many factories severely affected by coronavirus are now returning to full capacity. President of the Irish Cattle and Sheep Farmers Association, Edmund Phelan, believes the containment has improved. To the best of my knowledge now, uh, the workers are temperature checked going in and uh, I think screens have been put between workers, Joe, to, to protect them from each other. So I think, I think um, after maybe a slow start, things, things are being handled a lot better now. IFA President Tim Cullinan told the EU Agriculture Commissioner this week that the cap budget must be increased. Mr Cullinan told the Commissioner the 9% cut in the real value of cap funding in the proposed EU budget for 2021-2027 was very concerning. Increasing the costs and restrictions on European farmers while cutting the cap budget is simply a contradiction that won't wash, he said. There's a particular concern about Pillar 1 funding, as this could result in cuts to the basic payment scheme on top of the impact on inflation. Pillar 2 schemes are needed to support farmers in marginal areas through ANCs and agri-environment schemes and strong investment support to modernise and help efficiencies on farms. 
Direct payments are currently worth over 1.8 billion euro to Irish farmers annually, and this must increase to 2 billion euro in the next cap. The IFA president said demands on farmers under the Farm to Fox strategy are not being met by appropriate funding. Fianna Fáil has said that changes to the EU's budget mean that there'll be cuts to farm payments. It's after the European Commission outlined its new proposals for the EU's next seven-year budget last week. The party said it means a cut of €20 billion to the common agricultural policy. The Ireland South MEP Billy Kelleher says it's a direct threat to farm incomes in Ireland. And it could diminish our capacity in the areas of the Green Deal funding, uh, agriculture, rural development over the next number of years. So we have to be very conscious that while the recovery fund is, is good news, there is also the sting in the tail with regard to the common agricultural policy. Ireland South MEP Billy Kelleher also said an independent impact analysis of carbon emissions from farming in Ireland and the impact of various EU Green Deal plans such as farm to fork and biodiversity strategies are urgently needed in order to build confidence in farmers that the EU is not out to ruin their livelihoods. The Irish Natura and Hill Farmers Association expressed concern that the proposals announced in the recently launched EU biodiversity strategy could further undermine farmers' incomes. This concern is especially relevant on hills and lowland farming systems where peat soils dominate. National President Colm O'Donnell said on the first read many of the proposals outlined looked favourable but it's only when you assess the detail in conjunction with other strategy most notably CAP and the Farm to Fork that you see how vulnerable these farmers are. INHFA will continue to analyse the biodiversity strategy and seek clarity on a number of key issues to help raise awareness and inform farmers of any possible concerns or opportunities. IFA National Livestock Chair Brendan Golden is calling on the Minister for Agriculture, Michael Creed, to secure a direct payment package to make up for beef price losses for winter finishers on the back of COVID-19 and Brexit-inflicted market disturbance this spring. He said the figures show winter finishers selling cattle have taken a battering on beef price in the order of €200 per head when compared with pre-Brexit and pre-COVID-19 prices. Without a direct payment for these losses, many winter finishers will not survive after this spring, which has been financially horrendous. COVID-19 losses over a nine-week period, March 16th to May 17th, were €21.22 million, or about €2.5 a week. Farmers also incurred Brexit-related price cuts and calculated from January 1st to May 17th amounted to €89.8 million, or about €4.5 million a week. ICSA sheep chair Sean McNamara said the bank holiday weekend saw factories pull prices again for no reason. Demand remains strong at retail level, while lambs are still not plentiful and the cuts were unjustified. Lamb isn't getting cheaper for the consumer, but the farmers expected to produce for less because it's a bank holiday. ICSA also got reports of farmers being intimidated by factories for selling online through the marts. People were asked to raise a glass this week to an iconic cork product. Monday was World Milk Day as recognised by the United Nations. Cork is one of the most important milk-producing regions in Ireland and accounts for 25% of the country's total production. It's an important economic factor in the local cork economy and continued milk consumption has proven health benefits. ICMSA President Pat McCormack said in addition to being one of the most nutritious foods possible and one that Ireland produces to a higher standard and on a more environmentally friendly basis than practically every other country in the world, 
Milk is also the foundation of a hugely successful Irish food processing sector that leads the world in standard and innovation. IFA National Liquid Milk Chairman John Finn urged Irish consumers and retailers in these unprecedented times of pandemic to especially value the locally produced fresh milk, which they expect to find every day on supermarket shelves and to make sure farmers are paid a fair price for their hard work. Essential workers, including 1,800 specialised farmers, milk collection truck drivers and processing plant staff, play a vital role in making sure that we find a carton or a bottle of locally produced, high-quality fresh milk in every shop, every day of the year, even during lockdown. Retail grocery sales increased by 17% between late February and April 2020, according to Kantar World Panel, and the trend also benefited the sale of liquid milk. IFA is urging retailers and consumers not to take fresh milk for granted, as farmers must be paid a fair share for the improved returns that retailers have enjoyed because of increased retail sales during the COVID-19 crisis. Silage season is continuing and farm safety is again very much in the focus. Sadly, there have been four deaths in Cork this year in farm-related accidents. ESBs issued a farm safety release reminding all farmers and silage contractors to keep a safe distance from electricity wires during the silage cutting season. ESB's public safety manager is Arthur Byrne. We're reminding farmers and silage contractors in particular at this particular busy time of the year for them to be extra vigilant and conscious of the dangers of working too close to overhead electricity wires and poles because sadly we've had a lot of near misses and serious accidents. Now thankfully we haven't had a fatality but We've had people knocking poles down, bringing down live electricity wires, in some cases handling wires on the ground, thinking they were safe to do so, and they're never safe to touch. Like The, the advice is always to stay clear of lines, know the height of your machine, and while I accept that machines are getting higher and higher, really to recognise where there is a potential problem and to ring ESB networks immediately in advance. And we'll come out just as quickly, we'll come out to that request as we would to an event after the after an accident happening and, and to ring that one eight fifty three seven two nine 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 number at any time and we'll come out and deal with maybe an issue where the line is low or the line has to be moved. Uh, and in the meantime we'd say to silage contractors to work parallel to the line and try and avoid crossing underneath the line if there is an issue in the immediate term. What's the typical type of accident that you would witness, Arthur? The main accident is where the shoot of the harvester it comes close to the overhead electricity line and sometimes gets tangled up in it or pulls the line down and the line of course lands then on the either on the cab of the tractor and or on the trailer of the tractor and the temptation then for the driver is to maybe jump out uh, and there's a proper way to jump out but the advice is to stay in the cab uh, ring the ESP network's emergency number because often we can switch out that line remotely but in the same way if somebody rings the emergency services we're able to advise them what to do in the circumstance so that don't panic another risk that has happened and there has been a fatality a number of years ago now admittedly where somebody comes to the aid of the tractor driver trying to help puts their hand on the tractor cab or on some part of the machine that's in contact with the line overhead and they get, they're electrocuted because they don't have the benefit of the driver who's insulated from the rubber wheels at least for a period of time. So it's it does, they're, they're the two main risk areas, the line coming down on the cab, the driver being safe in the short term, but particularly anybody close by being in more harm. And then if you are going to handle the line on the ground, you should never do that. It's never, ever safe to touch an electricity wire. Uh, so that's the main type of event. And sometimes it can be the trailer uh, pulls down a line or sometimes maybe a tractor will hit a pole 
misjudged the width of the tractor or in turning near the headland or whatever, hit the pole. And of course, the pole is going to break and the line is going to come down. And or sometimes the stays damage, which is the thing that keeps the wires taut and keeps them clear overhead. And some people just keep going then, you know, they're not either aware of what they've done in terms of damaging the stay wire or striking the pole. And, and they leave it and not ring us. And really our advice is to ring ESP networks. It's the right thing to do so that we can come out and repair that before it becomes a serious problem, maybe for yourself or maybe for a neighbouring farmer down the road. So again, what are the critical numbers there for people to contact us? Yeah, the, the safety emergency number, which is 24-7-365, it's 1-850-372-999. And that number is, is available and, if you like, staffed every day of every of every week of every month of every year and that's what gives rise to the yellow van from uh, wherever abandoned on Manway, Fermoy, Cork City heading out to that situation immediately and that's what ultimately has often I suppose prevented a serious accident becoming if you like maybe a, a much more serious one because we can intervene make the electricity line safe and if you like then allow if you like people to be extricated by reversing the tractor out of the situation or leaving the tractor there and able to get out of the tractor safely. That's why it's important to ring that number. And the simple advice is have it in your phone, you know, and have it available to you so that you have it at hand rather than, if you like, worrying that you don't have it. Because we are going to panic. People will panic, and that's understandable. And that's why the advice is to ring ESB Networks first. Arthur Byrne, ESB's Public Safety Manager. It's been confirmed that N and P statements have been issued up to the end of April 2020. The Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine announced that interim nitrogen and phosphorus statements, N and P statements, for the period January to April 2020 have been made available on the Department's online system at www.agfood.ie, all at lowercase. These statements, the Department points out, are particularly useful to allow farmers to plan for the remainder of the year in order to ensure compliance with the limits of the nitrates regulations, thus avoiding penalties for breaching the limits of 170 kgs of nitrogen per hectare or the limit for those who hold an approved irrigation, the limit is 250 kgs of nitrogen per hectare. The department point out that farmers not already registered for agfood.ie can do so by logging on to www.agfood.ie and clicking the register button. Also, mobile phone numbers for future SMS text alerts can also be logged on. Full information regarding this and the access sign-on form available at the department's website www.agriculture.gov.ie all lowercase John O'Connor for Farm Talk Farm Talk on C103 Farmers in Western counties saw their direct payments increase by over 11 million euro in a single year based on an Irish Farmers Journal analysis of the latest cap figures The figures are based on payments farmers received in late 2018 just under 1.2 billion euro was paid out to some 122,800 farmers. However, the portion of money paid out to farmers in each county continues to change compared to previous years. Cork and Tipperary were among 15 counties which saw reductions in their cap payments between 2017 and 2018, with losses in both counties combined at 2.6 million euro having moved away from farmers. Farmers in Kerry and Clare were among those who increased their share of cap payments in 2018. Tagusk virtual open days for college applicants got underway this week. The first of seven virtual open events got underway with the Tagus College of Horticulture National Botanic Gardens Dublin. 
The final event in the series is Chagas Clannacilty Agricultural College, County Cork, on Wednesday, June 17th. The event schedule and the access details can be found at tiagask.ie. Each virtual college open day features staff providing live presentations on their college and courses, along with video footage of college educational facilities and farm enterprises. Each college will host a virtual question and answer session and advise on how to complete the online course application process. Among the other college presentations are Gortine Agricultural College, Ballangarry, County Tipperary, on Tuesday, June the 9th, and Silesian Agricultural College, Paliskenry, County Limerick, on Thursday, 11th of June next. Last week, we spoke about funding for 2020 agricultural shows, which have been put on hold due to COVID-19 restrictions. Recently, we also had details of the UK's greatest online agricultural show, which proved hugely successful as an alternative to the event, which was sidelined by the pandemic. Now it's emerged the Irish Shows Association has announced it will run a virtual show culminating on August 22nd, when all results will be announced online. It's a move to offer something to the showing community to help keep the spirit of showing alive. The schedule of classes is still being organised according to the farm exam, will be available on the ISA's irishshows.org website from June 19th. The association hopes to offer as broad a range of classes as possible within the limitations of the online format. Joining us now on Farm Talk is Liam Leahy, Dairy Gold Tillage and Beef Business Manager, who will discuss protein crops amongst other topics. We're just a couple of weeks away from the main tillage harvest season starting. So I asked Liam how the crops are looking in the ground at this time. I suppose, you know, broadly, they're looking, they're looking very promising, broadly speaking now. We're fortunate enough, maybe down the south of Ireland, Cork or even South Munster, they've had some really good favourable weather since the early spring, and crops are really looking promising. And, you know, you'd have to say, looking forward to a solid harvest. Some of the winter crops had an awful difficult winter, but by now they've come out of it quite well. They're after getting excellent weather for flowering, for maturing and I think you know if you wanted to book the weather we've nearly got textbook weather so the crops are looking good and we're 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 quite confident that we're in for a reasonable harvest yeah no fears of the recent drought I know we've only had it I suppose really for over the period of a week there Liam but it's been it's it's been very dry could we do with a little bit of moisture now at this stage well absolutely and I have been in South Tip yesterday now looking at some crops with a colleague of mine and you know, you can actually see the difference in the areas with down from the south down into South Cork, even Kinsale area. We we've had good spells of weather all along, and the drought is nearly as bad. But it's starting to show its teeth now a little bit, particularly on spring barley. Uh, you can see them thinning out a bit. The crops are there, but they're not as they were blooming. They have started to thin out a little bit. And you know what a, what a, a day's rain wouldn't do for them. But now, look, let's be honest, Barry, compared to some of the other parts of the country, we can't be too covered just now. We've had a really good weather run here. The one crop I would feel that would really do with some rain is our beans. And we we grow a very significant acreage of beans in Dairy Gold. Uh, and they're really crying out for rain now. And I think history will show us that without rain, it will have some impact on their yield. So, you know, we would do the day's rain, yes. And all told, do you reckon that it'll be a bumper yield for crops this year, given all the conditions that we've had, Liam? I think I think up till now, you have to say that we're looking uh, in the dairy of all the area, by and large, things are 
sizing up for a good harvest, I think. Oh, gosh, you, would, you want to be very careful in saying those things because there's a few harvests to be jumped yet. But look, looking here today, it looks promising, yeah. It looks looks promising. We've had a pretty idyllic year for growing crops in the south of Ireland. And, you know, let's not be overcovered. Just things are looking promising, yeah. Now, protein crops are making headlines again recently. What's the uptake this year? Dairy crops are, I suppose, in many respects, close to our hat in dairy. Well, we have promoted them and we've invested in them uh, significantly over the years for many different reasons, I suppose. You know, we're encouraging growers to grow more rotationary crops for their own benefit from the point of view of increasing yields. I suppose this is the greatest stimulus of all to, to increase yields is rotation. Uh, when we lost the beat, that was an awful, that was an awful blow to us. But uh, we have a good uptake in beans this year. We're back up to close enough to where we were a number of years ago. We never been supported uh, in a more direct way by the tree crop rule. We have a big uptake in them, and they're looking very, very promising. Now they are being supported by an additional protein payment from the government, which makes them very attractive for growers to to uh, grow along with the benefits of rotation. Uh, this year also, we have, we're trying to develop a couple of other new protein crops, but I'd say develop, we're looking at them with view to developing them further. Again, for the sole purpose of giving growers more of an option, we're looking at peas, we're looking at saia, we're looking at a couple of other sources of protein as well, just to see how suitable, or can we actually grow them successfully down the south of Ireland here. So look, by and large, uh, protein crops have been well received, yes, yeah. And is it paying off for the farmers that have sown them? And if so, uh, you know, are there incentives to keep them interested in the protein crops, Liam? Absolutely. And, you know, to be fair to the, to the department and to our present government, they have, they have supported the growing protein crops very, very much so. Uh, I think that there is a European interest in promoting more homegrown protein in the community or in uh, Western Europe. And, you know, they put £3 million on the table to, uh, over and above the seed farm payments to support growers who are going to grow these crops. And, you know, th- that's a significant amount of money. In last year's case, that, that came to 365, 370 euros per hectare for every grower who, who on top of his normal supports for uh, growing protein crops. And, I mean, that really reduces the risk of, of growing these crops. And people have really come on board and, and grown them, and grown them very successfully, may I say, in their own right. Now, from a co point of view, we have great interest in them because we are now looking upon them as one of our main uh, homegrown protein sources for the inclusion in meals. And at this stage, we've actually introduced four uh, cattle, uh, two cattle feeds and two dairy feeds that are 100% comprised of homegrown uh, cereals and proteins, you know, and, and they've been awfully well received by our dairy and beef farmers. So, you know, in many respects, this is more about supporting one another and hopefully to work out for everyone. So, you know, we're very happy to be involved in it. We're heavily committed to it, and we'd like to think there's going to be a strong future in it. But the government are playing a big, big part in supporting this project, and I, I hope that they will continue to, continue to do that. And in actual fact, in the recent cap, we call them leaked documents because they're still not agreed. It looks like the protein support payments will be continued and maybe even enhanced in some form or manner by making them a bigger part of the, the new cap proposals. So 
So I think protein is going to have to be looked at by more people going forward. And finally then, Liam, any advice mm-hmm. for tillage farmers over the next couple of weeks in particular? Don't rush in cutting crops, leave them mature. Um, I suppose maybe just to talk about our crops, I would say those that are growing out seed rape, don't be rushing and trying to burn them off too early. I think this taking from our yields, uh, they were never meant to be burned off to ripen, they were meant to be burnt off to, to, uh, to even out the crops, not to influence their overall ripening. So don't be any rush burning our crops. Um, wild seed rape, in general, we don't recommend the use of, of glyphosphates in any crop for that matter, except in wild seed rape. Uh, winter barley. Uh, sure, again, don't be a rush. Uh, don't be a rushing cutting them, leave them ripen out a bit. Uh, I would say straw. I suppose is one of the things I would ask, I would advise most growers to try and have their business done before they go harvesting. And you know, if their straw isn't sold, are unlikely to be sold. You know, don't be afraid to make the hard decision of going choppy particularly the likes of oat and straw and maybe headlands of wheat and, and wheat and barley straw. Prices are starting to improve a little bit. And, you know, I think there's as much positivity, a lot more positivity out in the marketplace now than there was maybe a month ago. So hopefully, hopefully it will be a rewarding harvest for everyone. Thanks, Liam. Liam Leahy, Dairy Gold Tillage and Beef Business Manager. The board be a proposal to market Irish beef internationally as a unique grass-fed product with an accompanying unique specially protected PGI geographic status needs further consultation, according to the IFA, after a meeting with board B recently. Irish Farmers Association Chair Mr Brenton Goldland has said beef farmers are crying out for clear direction on beef marketing and branding which will deliver a viable price return to Irish farmers, but he emphasised they need need to be centrally involved in the process. Increased bureaucracy without clear financial benefit to farmers would be of concern to beef producers. And more detailed discussions on the board beer proposals to establish unique geographic Irish grass-fed beef brand were needed to reassure farmers, it was suggested. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
plushcare.com slash weight loss. We continue this week's Farm Talk with our weekly Tagusk advisory. Joining us this week is Oshin Coakley, Agri Catchments Programme Advisor based in West Cork. Agricultural Catchments Programme has been conducting a combination of research and advice in Timaleague for over 10 years. The purpose is to investigate the impact of agriculture on water quality. So I began by asking Oshin about the ACP programme. It's the Department of Agriculture, Food and Marine funded, but um, we operate it here uh, through Chagas. We have six catchments throughout the country. Here in Cork, we have the catchment in Timaleague. Okay, so that's basically um, 7.5 square kilometres, where basically we, have, we evaluate the nitrate regulations and its derogation, okay? Subsequently, the Timley catchment was chosen as the area to study the impact of the intensive dairy farming on water quality. I suppose our programme is crucial to the validation of the nitrate derogation, and I suppose we rely heavily on the brilliant support we get from the farmers operating in the catchment, and I suppose especially within my own catchment in Timley. Like, we've been operating there since 2000 and 2008, so... We've been going now for 12 years, and I suppose we're after starting a new phase of the programme this year, which sees a lot of changes. I suppose we should, you know, just explain to people there, Oshin, what is the, the nitrates derogation? Yeah, so I suppose the nitrates derogation, right, which is, um, I suppose, part of the broader framework of the of the nitrates directive and then the water framework directive. So I suppose you have the water framework directive... I suppose operating under that, you have the nitrate sector, which a lot of farmers would be familiar with. But within that, then you actually have a derogation, a nitrate derogation. Okay, so I suppose the nitrate derogation is is basically a deviation from the regulation of 100 kgs of nitrogen per hectare. I suppose it it, it allows under very specific environmental nutrient storage facilities and soil nutrient management. Say, for example, soil sampling. Along the nutrient management plan, a very detailed one, um, I suppose the farmer can then stock their farm almost 50% greater than the, than the 170, up to 250 kgs of nitrogen excreted per hectare. This allows for more milk solids per hectare sold off the farm, okay, so because you're able to, you're able to basically stock it at um, just under three livestock units per hectare. Has there been overarching conclusions from this agricultural catchments programme? After 10 years of research in the programme on water quality, I, I suppose, to make it short and sweet, I suppose, there, there is scope to farm intensively and maintain good water status within a catchment if high standards and nutrient management practices are implemented. But factors such as soil type, weather, and farming activity must be taken into consideration. And I suppose, importantly, almost in a way, in that order as well, I suppose we've, some of the main findings of the programme so far is that soil type and weather on the water quality than some of the farming activity due to just, um, you know, different characteristics and uh, of the soil and the actual load that's there of rain falling. Those factors have a, have a massive impact on the farming activity as well. And the main nutrients in the water courses that the agricultural catchment program is concerned with, what are these? Um, I suppose the main nutrients are nitrogen, uh, nitrate, nitrogen, and phosphorus, both total phosphorus and reactive phosphorus. I suppose how we measure those is 
at the outlet of the catchment in Timaleague, um, we base we measure with with a very high resolution measurement. When we say high resolution, it basically every ten minutes we get a reading of of those nutrients in the water, plus a lot of other things like turbidity, um, which is basically a measurement of how clear the water is. Other things like temperature, um, you know, depth of the water. Um, at the depth of the water at the kiosk, um, you know, stuff like that. So they are the main nutrients that were they were measuring, but also I, I suppose the the health of the riverbed, which is ba- which is basically the invertebrate status of the riverbed, is measured as well. That's measured using a kick sample. I suppose that's um, less so measured with numbers, and and more so. Um, Using indicator species to de- to de- to determine water status. Okay, so I suppose this is how the, the EPA or the Environmental Protection Agency tests for water sa- status, and then whatever finding comes out of that, right? Whatever invertebrates are found, whether they're whether there's a lot of them, a little of them, whether they're good indicator species or indicator species of of poor water quality, that body of water is then given. A status of between one as to five, one to five, like one being very poor and, and five being excellent. Okay, so like we both in the catchment, we measure on both a vertebrate level and then at more of a, a numerical or scientific level. Every ten minutes, we're actually getting a, a reading nitrogen and phosphorus levels at the, at the, at the key, at the at the outlet point in the catchment, and we have that data for over 10 years like so we can literally we can find the, the the real story of the river because we have an hourly picture like 10 years to see what's been happening and how different weather events and how different times a year might affect the water quality and different farming practices i suppose and what changes will come into effect at O'Sheen with the new phase of this acp program the acp program as we said has been going for over 10 years but i suppose at, from the first of january this year it has seen a significant change right we've been given funding for the next four years of the program from until the end of 2023 okay i suppose that will see an expansion of our brief so basically this means that we like the agricultural catchments program in cork as well as the whole country we're now going to be doing the same research and advisory work which we have been doing and which has seen us underpin the nitrates derogation through our validation um but now we're also going to be conducting some gaseous emission research as well and a lot of our people listening would have heard that it's quite topical of late and and really it is something that irish agriculture will 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 have to come up with answers for um our solutions to to meet targets i suppose just even to quantify it a little right i suppose ireland Say when we talk about dairy cows, right? We we have something in the region of a 1.5 million dairy cows, and just because we're a cork-based program here, you know, on C103, um, you've 380,000 dairy cows in Cork. Something in the region of a quarter of the dairy cows in Cork alone. I suppose things like that we're going to have to start looking at. I suppose the use of can, like. Um, if all of our can usage was changed to protected urea, say, example, in BCT, then 
there would be a reduction of about 30% of nitrous oxide emissions, which is greenhouse gas um, from nitrogen fertilizer, things like that have been coming, really coming into play the last couple of years, I suppose, low emission slurry spreading. That has the potential to reduce losses of nitrogen to the atmosphere by half, right? And from a farmer point, just the low emission slurry spreading, right? So you're looking at less grass contamination, higher slurry values, and again to quantify that a bit you can double the, the the value of the nitrogen in in your slurry by using low emission slurry spreading um if you use the the trailing shoe method or the injection method thanks to Oshin Coakley agri catchments program advisor based in west cork and anyone looking for more information on the acp program can contact Oshin through the chagask office in clonakilty IFA's announced it secured a breakthrough on direct payments for inspection cases. After ongoing demands from the association, Deputy President Brian Rush said the department confirmed flexibility from the EU Commission had been secured to make payments on inspection cases where they're not yet fully complete. He said in previous years it was most frustrating and unsatisfactory that many farmers who were selected for inspection incurred payment delays. The department has said there will be some COVID-19 related changes this year. Farmers will receive notice. Department inspectors will adhere to HSE guidelines and social distancing and will post the follow-up paperwork to the farmer. During warm weather, dairy cows' need for water will rise considerably, especially after milking. Chagask studies indicate that in warm weather, a cow will need up to 90 litres of water to satisfy her thirst per day. After milking, she would require between 30 and 50% of her daily consumption. A 100 cow herd would drink 1,200 litres of water per hour at the rate of 20 litres per minute. Drinking water replenishment infrastructure is a key element in ensuring the welfare needs and milk yield of cows are catered for. For smaller operations, a suitably sized truck may suffice once it's been established clearly that bullying at drinking is not taking place. Advisors will point out that drinking stations should be positioned for easy access by livestock. Chagask advisors offer their clients advice on the best ways to guarantee animal welfare and milk yield in prevailing weather conditions. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103. Let's Talk Poultry is a Tagusk and Alltech webinar series to tackle poultry industry issues. Poultry experts are offering advice and insights in a new four-part webinar which got underway this week. Tiagusk, with support from the animal nutrition company Alltech, will feature prominent topics such as avian flu, gut health and layer management. Webinars go live every fortnight and kicked off this week with the discussion on avian influenza and biosecurity. Tiagusk said the webinars will touch on the most pressing issues facing poultry farmers and integrators at this time. The next webinar will explore the role of Chickstart, followed by Lair Rearing as part of the third webinar. The Let's Talk Poultry series will finish with an industry overview and outlook. The webinar is hosted on Zoom and free to join. To register or for more information, log on to chagas.ie forward slash Let's Talk Poultry. A series of free webinars are also being rolled out to point the way to low emissions agriculture. Every Friday in June, the hour-long webinars are organised by National Rural Network in association with Chagas Connected, Dairy Sustainability Ireland and Food and Drink Ireland Skillnet. Webinars focus on key topics to help agri-professionals better understand the research on greenhouse gas emissions and equip them with the information needed to meet their clients' needs. 
Topics include water quality, how nitrogen interacts with soil and water, the interaction of phosphorus with soil and water, and a focus on how to protect nitrogen and phosphorus inputs on farms. Registration and more information is available on nationalruralnetwork.ie. UCC is offering free courses so that all workplaces, including agriculture and food, are ready to resume operations post-COVID-19. The COVID-19 return to work courses are sector-specific so that businesses know what is required to ensure their workplace meets the national health guidelines. Courses will take place over a number of dates in line with the rollout of the government's roadmap. They're being offered by adults continuing education within UCC and attendees on the two-hour online course will be taught how the workplace has changed, social distancing procedures, hygiene protocols and PPE, as well as new work layouts and procedures and compliance officer role. UCC's Belinda Gascoigne explains the type of learning involved. We've put together um, these seminars um, for uh, the community and society in a hope to help them navigate through this challenging period as um, the restrictions are eased and and we kind of return to what I suppose will be really a new normal for us um, in our workplaces and in society in general. So the government had set out this roadmap for reopening our business and society and detailing when various sectors will open, gave guidance on how business and employees will need to follow safety protocols um, when they reopen after being closed due to COVID-19. And so the seminars are designed with this in mind and as a part of the HSE guidance protocols that have been given. Now, of course, we expect that this possibly may change. And so we will continually align the seminar content, align with these changes as they happen, as the seminars themselves have been delivered at the intervals prior to each phase um, and are specific in the content and examples for each of those phases. Employer and the employees, well, the um, expectations and changes of systems and controls that need to be put in place uh, need to be understood. The courses are suitable for both the employer and the employee to look at how the, the workplace has changed, the social distancing protocols that are in place um, now or possibly in the future, hygiene protocols um, and PP and our new work layouts and procedures and how that will look um, and how it can be put in place uh, and then the role of the compliance um, officer within this. So really it's for, you know, all employers must prepare and put systems of control in place as they reopen their businesses and workplaces. And then the employees need to be able to understand their expectation on them and how they can work together, I suppose, to have the safest environment possible as we return. As part of that, we um, designed the seminars so that they're very open and that the attendees will have plenty of opportunity to ask questions, hear from what other businesses are doing uh, and hopefully find that the seminars are a benefit in this difficult period to them. Our first one um, starts um, and aligns with phase two and um, the next one will be followed ahead of phase three and then the following um Two more phases, phase four and phase five, later in uh, June and July, uh, ahead of those openings. Belinda Gascoigne there of UCC. 
Marts are due to reopen under phase two of the government's roadmap to be implemented from next Monday. IFA said the ongoing restrictions during lockdown were a significant issue for livestock farmers and the trade. The government had said social distancing standards would be key prerequisite for the reopening of Marts. Irish Farmers Association said Marts made a great effort during the restrictions, but the sooner the auction rings reopened and Marts are back up and running again while maintaining the necessary COVID-19 protections, the better. Marts provide an essential service to farmers and the agricultural community in terms of the livestock trade, especially open and transparent market price competition and security of payment. Online trading has been a great help and certainly a part of the future for Marts. But the closures and restrictions on the trade this spring hit the livestock sector, marts and farmers. In a survey conducted by Grant Thornton's agri-food team in May, it was found one in three food businesses have already sought to alter their route to market. 35% of businesses have leveraged new technologies. 30% sought new service providers or customers. Nearly half of all businesses surveyed examined their business strategy and one and a quarter of businesses and almost one quarter of businesses have already pivoted their business model. The pandemic's generated many challenges, but opportunities have also arisen. The overarching positive impact of COVID-19 on the food industry has related to the adoption of technologies across all stakeholders. Short-term benefits are already being realised, and it's also felt that businesses will continue to benefit in the medium and long term. The food safety companies launched a free webinar series to assist business in the hospitality sector relaunch post-COVID-19 lockdown. The companies initiated a number of supports for businesses, including hygiene-assured certification and site-specific COVID-19 response plans. Webinars are free to attend and delivered by expert food safety consultants. The foodsafetycompany.ie has more information. IRD Duhallow, Newmarket, are inviting inquiries regarding enrolments in a planned post-COVID-19 QQI Level 4 major award in horticulture. It's a free 44-week full-time programme where participants will gain the skills necessary to grow their own produce, learn landscaping techniques with the potential to go on to further training or set up their own business, or they may take up employment in the sector. The QQI Level 4 Major Training will take place in the grounds of IRD Duhallow at the James O'Keefe Memorial Institute, Newmarket. The James O'Keefe Institute, Newmarket, offers outstanding facilities to students, including a 60-feet training polytunnel, a well-established kitchen garden and individual allotment plots. On full completion of the 44-week horticulture and landscaping course, successful participants will receive a QQI Level 4 Major Award in Horticulture. This full-time local training initiative in horticulture is being offered by IRD Dohalo in conjunction with Cork ETB, commencing once the COVID-19 restrictions have been lifted. Further information from Rachel or Bridget at IRD Dohalo at the following number – 029-60633. That's Rachel or Bridget at IRD Duhallow, 029-60633. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. And thanks to John for co-producing and contributing to the Farm Talk programme again this week. I'm Barry O'Mahony. Thanks for listening. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.